new IRS rules impacting IRA prohibited transactions. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And today's Adam talks, I'm going to focus on one particular provision, section 322 of the Secure Act 2.0, which has an impact on how the IRS looks and can attack self-directed IRA prohibited transactions. So I want to wish everyone happy holidays, happy, healthy, prosperous new year. I'm going to keep today's podcast short and sweet because I know everyone's got more exciting things to do. End of year. Hopefully you had a great new year and um, getting ready for 23. So um wanted to focus on Secure Act 2.0. I did a bunch of podcasts and videos and blogs on Secure Act 2.0, which was passed the end of December, um, signed into law by President Biden. And as I mentioned, there's 300 plus pages of provisions relating to retirement accounts as part of the 1.7 billion omnibus bill to essentially keep our government uh, operating, but 90 plus retirement provisions. And I've gone through probably the top 20 of them in previous videos. I'm going to do more on them in the coming months, so don't worry. But today's podcast, I wanted to focus on one specific provision, and that is the tax treatment of IRA involved in prohibited transactions. So prior to Secure Act 2.0, there was some uncertainty whether if your IRA does a prohibited transaction, all your IRAs are kind of blown up, right? So if you have an IRA or multiple IRAs, let's say at IRA Financial, and one IRA does a prohibited transaction, does it impact the IRAs that are invested in different stuff? And prior to Secure Act 2.0, Section 322, no one really knew. Uh, there was a lot of uncertainty. It was unclear. There was um, a concept that, yeah, there was an and. So all the IRAs involved would be blown up. When I say blown up, I mean subject to tax, penalties, potentially even an excise tax that can go between you know, 15 and 100%. So some pretty significant implications for doing a prohibited transaction. Now, prohibited transaction is a transaction that violates section uh, 4975C, which essentially involves any IRA and a disqualified person. So anytime the IRA does a transaction that directly or indirectly personally benefits a disqualified person, a parent, child, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, or any entities controlled by such persons, and there's some personal benefit being derived by such a transaction, either directly or indirectly, can trigger Section 4975, and the IRA would become disqualified. So what Section 322 does is it clarifies, it says, each individual retirement plan of the individual shall be treated as a separate contract. So what that essentially means is that if you have multiple IRAs at IRA Financial and one does, God forbid, a prohibitive transaction, your other IRA with IRA Financial would not be impacted. Okay. So this is a very important clause. It gives taxpayers a way to segregate their IRAs and protect them from prohibited transactions. So if you're doing a transaction that you may think is, you know, kind of aggressive, hopefully you don't do anything that you believe is prohibited. It's another advantage of working with IRA Financial and uh, opting into our uh, you know, important consulting services. We have tax professionals on staff that are here to assist you 
and help you navigate the IRS prohibited transaction rules. But let's say you go rogue and say, hey, I'm going to do this thing and don't ask anyone for assistance or anyone to um, you know, probe further into your type of transaction and you do something prohibited and the IRS catches you, um, only that IRA, only that IRA uh, contract would be disqualified and deemed distributed and subject to tax and penalties. So it gives a blueprint for IRA investors to open up multiple IRAs to segregate risk. So again, if you're doing a risky IRA transaction, you open an IRA one. Less risky, you know, IRA two, three, four, and five. So now IRA investors can feel comfortable and confident that if they do something bad, unfortunately, with one of their IRAs, it's not going to blow up all the other IRAs, you know, held at that institution. Um, it's unclear based off the language whether it pertains to investments or accounts. So a lot of people believe that the content, what they were really trying to get at is that if you have one IRA, let's say you have three investments, one's invested in stocks, the other in cryptos, and the third in a real estate transaction. And that third transaction ends up turning out that you ended up renting the space to your kid's business, and it turns out it's a prohibited transaction. The belief, and this is what many tax professionals believe, this was the intent of Section 322 is to say, oh, no, only that real estate transaction, only that particular investment would get blown up, not the other two assets, i.e. the cryptos and equities in this example. But based off the language in Secure Act 2.0, it's unclear because all it says is each individual retirement plan. So is that it doesn't say investment. Each individual retirement plan of the individual shall be treated as a separate contract. Okay, so that seems to mean that each individual retirement plan, each IRA or 401k is a separate contract for purposes of prohibited transaction. So you can read it to say that, hey, in that scenario where you have stocks, cryptos, and real estate, if it's all in that one IRA and the real estate transaction is prohibited, the whole IRA, including the cryptos and stocks, could get blown up. Now, an easy workaround is just open a separate IRA for your real estate keep the stocks and cryptos in another one, and you don't have this issue. But I think I, I personally, along with other tax professionals, were work, looking for a little bit more clarity. We are hoping the IRS would expand on this and, and specifically say each investment that the IRA, IRA did would be looked at separately as a separate investment, not necessarily a separate contract pertaining to the individual retirement plan. So to keep things as safe as possible, I personally suggest that clients would open separate IRAs for their risky transactions. So, or higher risk, I don't say risky. Um, this way, if, if God forbid the IRS looks at things differently than you do, your other IRA assets, i.e. the stocks or cryptos or whatever else you have in there won't be part of that prohibited transaction. So it's just something that I think more and more people should be doing, especially now that we have more clarity under Section 322 of Secure Act 2.0, that they'll look at each IRA separately and as a separate individual retirement plan, as a separate contract. Um, but again, I was looking for more guidance as to each investment in the IRA um, to be treated as a separate um, transaction for purposes of the prohibitive transaction rules. Um, and that language, I, I just 
one wasn't um, drafted the way I, I would have wished it to be drafted. So again, we have a workaround and just set up separate IRAs for your riskier type of transactions and keep the safer ones in another IRA. This way, if God forbid something happens, you don't have an issue. So just real quick, how do the IRA prohibited transaction works? Well, the IRS does not have an IRA audit division. IRAs are part of the SBSC, Small Business Self-Employed Division. It's basically same division that audits your 1040, right? Your tax return, they'll look at the Schedule C. That's why IRA audits are super, 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 super rare. They don't even release IRS data with respect to IRA audits. They do for 401ks, they do for um, 5500s, 990Ts, but not for IRAs because they're super, 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 super rare. But they happen and they will continue to happen. Most of the audits generally are for folks over the age of 73, the RMD age in 2023. And they're really just looking at valuation. They want to make sure that if you are over 73, you're taking fair RMDs, requirement of the distributions, equal to the real fair market value of the assets. So obviously stocks and real estate gold, not a big deal because everyone could see what the assets were worth as of 1231. More liquid, movable assets like real estate, private equity, hedge funds, venture capital. They'll probe into that a little bit further if you're over 73 because it has a tax implication, right? If you value your investments at 800 grand and the IRS thinks they're worth 2 million, that's a tax implication that the IRS wants to make sure they're capturing all available tax. So that's something they are certainly, um, you know, a little bit more focused on than randomly auditing, you know, forty-five-year-olds um, tax return and asking IRA-related questions. It could happen. It just really doesn't happen. What happens if you do a primitive transaction? Your IRA is deemed blown up on the date you did the transaction. So. If you invested in that real estate deal and you rented it out to your son on December 15, 2022, the IRS generally has three years to capture that um, and catch you. Let's say they do in 2024. And that real estate, you paid 100, but now it's worth 180. They technically will blow up the IRA and tax you at that 180, which would be subject to tax. And you know, potentially taxes anywhere from 10 to upwards up to potentially 100%. Um, generally, if you're over 59 and a half, my experience, they'll just hit the tax. They don't really don't go for excise tax. If you're under 59 and a half, um, generally tax and a 10% penalty, unless it's something super egregious. Um, but again, very, very difficult to get audited in this um, area. Um, there's no separate audit division. But on the flip side, uh, I've seen it work out for the taxpayer's favor where they did a prohibitive transaction at a higher value and now the asset dropped and they did the prohibitive transaction at the lower value and they're paying tax at the lower value. So it's really the fair market value um, you know, when the transaction occurred, when that prohibitive transaction occurred. Um, so I've seen some interesting cases, uh, but generally the IRA is deemed disqualified on that date when you did the prohibitive transaction tax and potentially penalties due on the fair market value of that asset. Now, again, based on section 322 of the SECURE Act, it says 2.0 that each IRA will be looked at as a separate contract. It's unclear whether it means every investment in that IRA, but what we know for sure is that every IRA is treated separately. So again, just a piece of advice, 
if you are considering doing uh, asset investment that potentially somewhat risky, isolated into a separate IRA, even if it's the same institution, it will be treated as a separate contract in this way. You're not going to have any uh, spillover of uh, prohibited transactions. So hope you guys enjoyed today's uh, podcast. Really appreciate it. Again, hope you had an amazing new year. Happy holidays. And uh, I'll keep the Secure Act 2.0 content going. Got a lot of questions about it. I'll try to tackle various specific provisions this way so it's not like a 45-minute to one-hour podcast video. Try to keep them under 10 to 15 minutes and really focus on the key provisions involving IRAs and solo 401k. So thanks again. Have an amazing, amazing um, start to your new year and uh, take care.